Awesome. God is good, isn't he? And he's good all the time. I'm only going to preach for two hours and 45 minutes today, and then we're going to get some some of that chicken and stuff. Sincerely, <laughs> sincerely, I'm, y'all don't have anything else to do anyway, right? But um, we appreciate all of you coming out. God is good. Man, I felt his presence today during praise and worship, and I feel his presence right now. I want you to say this with me. Today, we make a memorial. Tell, tell someone next to you, today, we make a memorial. Tomorrow, this great nation is going to pause to give honor where honor is due. We're going to reflect on the men and women who so valiantly gave their lives for our freedom. And at the center of the memorial are memories of struggle, suffering, and mostly sacrifice. But all of those provide us with the freedom to come out here in this parking lot and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I was thinking about different memorials. There's the Washington Monument. There's the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. There's the Lincoln Memorial. That's just a few that we can think of very quickly. The tombstones tell the story of two things, determination and decision. The walls erected in respect to these noble soldiers speak of two things, commitment and courage. Say those two words, commitment and courage. All memorials have meaning. Memorials many times signify moments and seasons of going above and beyond what is required. Memorials are mentioned over 30 times in the Bible. For Joshua and the Israelites, that memorial started transpiring at a season of transition. In Joshua chapter 3, we're going to take our text from here, and I promise you, you're not just going to be challenged and charged today, but you're going to be changed by the preached word of God in this parking lot. In Jesus' name. So, Father, we thank you now for the anointing to preach. Thank you for the anointing to decree and declare. Thank you for the anointing that breaks every yoke and sets every person free. And today, that anointing breaks generational curses. It dismisses generational spirits. And it releases a freedom and a liberty in our hearts that we are here to enjoy and embrace. So I speak encouragement to every person that will hear this message today. Your best is not behind you. Your best is still in front of you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 tells us that Joshua rose early in the morning and they removed from a place called Shittim. And they came to a place called Jordan. Jordan in Scripture always represents transition periods. Joshua and all the children of Israel lodged there before they passed over. I hope you didn't miss that. They lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days, after a period of time, that the officers went through the host of the people. And they commanded the people saying, listen carefully. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God 
and the priests and the Levites carrying it. Then you shall remove from your place and you shall go after it. I need you to look at somebody next to you and tell them go after it. And he says there shall be a space between you and the ark of 2,000 cubits. And he says this to them, follow it that you may know the way by which you must go. Listen carefully. For you have not passed this way before. We've never been here before in the church. We've never pastored during a pandemic. We've never been here as the body of Christ when our church doors were closed. We have not passed this way before. So watch what he says. Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake to the priest, saying, Take up the presents, pass over before the people. And they took up the ark and went before the people. I'm just going to extract a few powerful phrases from this passage of Scripture. And I promise you it's supercharged with the Holy Ghost. Number one is this. What do you do? When you've been in quarantine, not 40, 50, 60 days, but when you've been traveling in the wilderness for 40 years, when you've been traveling in the wilderness for 400 years, what do you do when you're lodged in a circle and you can't go forward? Finally, you arrive at a place that was promised for you to enjoy and your leaders stand up and say, be still. You are a matter of feet from stepping into your promised possession. And the leader says, stop. Put a pause on it. They camped before they crossed over. I'm going to say it again. They camped before they crossed over. We have been in a pause as the people of God. But as I've told you before, I'm going to tell you one more time. A pause is given in order to, listen carefully, a pause is given in order to position your emotions for something far greater. There has been a pause button pushed on everything in the world. Don't let it discourage you. It is a sign that something is about to be released to you that you have never enjoyed in your whole life. So they had to camp. They had to be still before they crossed over. So the leaders give instructions. Listen to me. The leaders give instructions. They go through the host of the camp. But here's what's more powerful. The people followed the orders. The people followed the leadership. And the leaders went through the people. And they said, here's your instruction. Number one, look for the ark. Look for the presence. It means expectation or anticipation. Excitedly await for the presence to show up. And what we must understand is that the priority 
of the church must be the presence of God, not the personality of the preacher or the performance of the praise team. The priority must be the presence of God. When we were worshiping today, it sounded good, but it felt better because I could feel the presence of God in this parking lot today. And the leadership said, number one, look for the ark. Expect to see it. It's expectation mingled with hope. I don't know what you came here expecting today, but I came here with a heart filled with a palpitation of anticipation, waiting for God to show up in this parking lot and do what only he can do. Look for the ark was the first instruction. The second instruction from the leaders was this. When you see the presence, woo, leave where you are. Leave where you are. When I was praying about this message today, I felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to tell you this. Leave where you have been. What do you mean, Pastor Rick? You will never become who God destined you to be until you are willing to change. Not only leave where you were, but leave who you were. Growth is optional. Change is mandatory. You can fight and fuss all you want, but change has arrived. And God is saying, I'm expecting my people to go through the metamorphosis and the processing of my spirit during this season to become everything I ordained them to be. Number one, look for the presence. Number two, leave where you are. And number three, go after it. Say those three words. Go after it. In the Hebrew, it reads like this. Pursue it with all your heart. And here's what I came by today to tell you. It's time for you to get after God. Follow him with your whole heart. Say with the psalmist David, as the deer pants after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. I'm going for you today. And right here in this parking lot, I encourage you to go for God today. Number one, look for the presence. Number two, leave where you are. Number three, go after it with all your heart. And number four, he says, sanctify yourselves, which means set yourself apart from the normal routine of life. Come away from things that distract you and delay you in your destiny. Lay them down. Sanctify yourselves. And he said, if you'll sanctify yourself tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. Can I tell you, things are opening up now. Yep. Next Sunday, we're likely to be in this building. But I pray we don't walk in this building the same people we were when we had to close the building. I pray we come in this building looking for God's presence. I pray we come in this building next week leaving where we were. I pray we come in this building going after God with all our heart. And I pray we come in this building next week with a hunger for him like we've never had in our entire, entire lives. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And the word wonders there means he's going to reveal to you what he's been hiding for you. Not hiding from you, but hiding for you. 
I can tell you when we get through this season, God is going to pull the curtain on a boatload of surprises for you. You're going to be shocked at what God's going to do in your life in the future. Things are opening up, but I came by to tell you, heaven is opening up. God is throwing open the door of heavenly privilege. And you're about to see things you've never seen. If you believe it, you ought to holler hallelujah right there. Now watch what he says. You have not passed this way before. Do it this way that you may know which way to go. So we get to chapter 4. And in chapter 4, they have now crossed over. Verse 1 says, the whole nation had finished crossing over. Don't miss, it. Don't miss this now. And he, he said, choose 12 men and tell them to take 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan. I want you to say the middle. In 11 verses in Joshua chapter 4, the middle is mentioned. Say the words again, the middle. See, my question to you is, what have you been doing in the midst of this pandemic? What have you been doing in the middle of this transition? The middle is important all through Scripture. Jesus died in the middle of two thieves. Jesus walked in the middle of Samaria and Galilee. Have you separated yourself or have you acquainted yourself with the path called the middle? Because the middle cares for both sides. The middle cares for everybody. And it's in the midst of the Jordan. He said in the middle of the Jordan. And I don't know what you think about it, but I came by to tell you we're in the middle of a mess. And we need God like we've never needed him before. The middle is important. So five times he says, get the stones from the middle of the Jordan. Everyone say middle. Now say this word, moment. Moment. Moment, Joshua 4, 9, Joshua set up the 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant stood. Watch what it says. And they are there to this day. God is about to do something in your life you are never going to forget. 10, 15 years from now, you're going to say, on that day, God did this for me. Take a moment today. The spot here represents a moment. They stopped, and they took a moment. A moment is not a minute. A moment is not just an event. A moment is an encounter. A moment is an experience. We're not here to take a minute. We're here to take a moment. To say, God, we want you to encounter us right here in Norman, Oklahoma. We want to have an experience with you today like we've never had. Take a moment. What created this moment? It was the presence was so powerful that it stopped the flow of something. Can I tell you, God talked to me today and told me to tell you. He's going to do something so powerful that issues that have been flowing in your life going to stop today in Jesus' name. 
Things you could not stop are going to stop today in Jesus' name. Addictions are going to stop today in Jesus' name. Habits that are unholy are going to stop today in Jesus' name. Woo! So he said, take a moment and take up those 12 stones because a moment in God creates a momentum in the spirit. The moment turned into a movement. He says in verse 7, tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off by the Ark of the Covenant. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters were cut off. Tell them we passed over. Whew. I came out and tell you there's about to be a move. We're going to get to the other side of this thing, see, coach, and we're going to look back. And we're going to say, God dried up the waters. And we passed over. It's not your analytical processing. It's not your logistics. It's not your logical way of thinking that got us through this. When this is over, I'm going to lift both of my hands. And I'm going to say, only God could bring us over that Jordan. Only God could bring us through this season. Only God could deliver us from this pandemic. Only God could save us during this season. Only God could do it. And it turns into a movement. And they start now progressing toward their promise. But verse 6 says this. What do these stones in the middle mean? Tell your children. That's what you got to get. It ain't about you. It's about those who are following you. It's about those who are after you. God trusted his people with this season so that we could tell our children, yes, we were alive during that time, baby. Some of y'all got four-year-old, five-year-old kids that's going to ask you about this 15 years from now. What are you going to say? You're going to have to say you believed God. You trusted God, and God brought you over to the other side. When a memorable moment creates an unforgettable unforgettable movement it turns into a revival revivals in history mark memorial moves of God 1906 Azusa is a memorial why can't we forward the clock to 2020 and say you know we started this year preaching about the vision but the virus took over but then the virus ended and then revival hit. Why can't we with anticipation and expectation believe we're about to step into the greatest season the church has ever seen in its history? And I came by to tell you, you'll make it through this. Yes, you will. Just keep his presence first. Keep his presence in front. Leave where you've been. Go after God with all of your heart. We're going to make it through it. Dad, can I tell you, Jonas is going to make it through it. Jonas is going to make it through this. Rachel in the back, can I tell you, you're going to make it through this, Rachel. You're going to defeat cancer in Jesus' name. You're going to make it through this, Rachel. Yes, you will. And there's so many others of you, I could call you out and tell you, keep the presence in front of you. Go after God with all your heart. You're going to make it through this season. 
See, for Moses, Moses and Joshua were two different kinds of leaders. Moses stayed in the middle of the camp. Joshua stayed in front of the camp. Moses put the ark in the middle of the camp. Joshua put the presence in the front of the camp. In this transition, there's a different style of leadership that God is meddling. Leaders can't tell you to follow your discretion. They have to tell you to follow your conviction, not your discretion. Don't wander ambiguously through life. Get direction in your destiny. Make hard decisions and follow that direction, and I promise you, you will get to the promised land. Moses was a maintainer. Joshua was a conqueror. Moses was always comforting and counseling the people. But Joshua was telling the people when to shout, when to march, when to be still. I wish I had some help in the sanctified parking lot. Joshua was a different kind of leader. And this generation is requiring a different kind of leadership, not passive. But very aggressive. The kingdom of God suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. And it's time for us to get aggressive about our walk with God. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation. Moses says it like this. In Exodus 17, 14, the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book. And rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. Write it for a memorial, but rehearse it in the ears of your successor. Write a memorial, but rehearse it to your succession. Write the memorial. Preach, Pastor Rick. But rehearse it in the ears of your successor. Watch what he says. God says through Moses to Joshua, I will utterly blot out the very remembrance of Amalek. Why? Because Amalek attacked from the past. He always attacked from behind. And he always attacked the feeble and the weak. Do you not know what this whole coronavirus, COVID-19 is about? Attacking the feeble and the weak. I came by to tell you that God is about to blot out, utterly blot out the very remembrance. Oh, Lord, have mercy of what the, some of you are still dealing with what come from behind your past. Let the past be the past and let God utterly blot it out. If he was going to make you by living in your past, you would still be in your past. But he delivered you out of darkness and he brought you over into his marvelous light. Let the past be the past. So watch what happens with Moses. God tells him this. He says, so Moses built the altar. Now watch this, you know, and he called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. I hope y'all hear this. God did not tell him, coach, what to call it. Randy, God did not tell Moses, call it Jehovah Nisi. Whatever you call it, that's what it is. 
If you call this the most horrible time in your life, that's what it is. But I came by to tell you, I call it the best season of opportunity the church has ever seen. It is what you call it. This memorial is what you call it. So Moses called it Jehovah Nissi, which means God is my flag. God is my banner. God is my standard. When I hold my flag up, it says Jesus is Lord. When I hold my flag up, it says Jesus is King. When I hold my flag up, it says Jesus is the Savior. So Moses said, I call this Jehovah Nissi. And then Jehovah Nissi also means the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is what? My refuge. Where you been hiding? Where have you been hiding? Not your house, honey. You've been hiding under the wings of the Lord God Almighty. You've been hiding in him. I know y'all. I know Quest Church. I know where you go when trouble shows up. I know where you go when a pandemic shows up out of obscurity. You run to the rock. You run to your shelter. You run to your refuge. That's why David said it like this. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. In him will I trust. I don't know where you have your trust today. But if it's in the government, you got it in the wrong place. If it's in your finances, you got it in the wrong place. But if it's in God, your trust is in the right place. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my strength. He is a very present help in time of trouble. So today, we call this Memorial Day Jehovah Nissi.